All right, well, we're ready to roll then. 413 at 92.7 WMAY, and it's time for our monthly Talk to the Mayor segment. Mayor Jim Langfelder is here with us. We're just talking a little baseball because there's nothing else really going on this week. <laughs> right. right? So, I haven't even seen a score yet. How are they doing it so far? Uh, not sure. Yep, I haven't had a chance to look. No, there you go. Yep. So, Someone's winning. A couple of things happening today. Yeah, right. that's right. Mayor, let's, uh, let's dive right into this. Obviously, everybody by now knows we've... Uh, had a situation here this week with the uh, Springfield Police Department, mm-hmm. an officer who was accused of racist and anti-Semitic posts. Internal affairs investigation was started. He resigned just as that was getting underway. And so now he's off the force. There's efforts underway to decertify him. That doesn't seem, though, like, like the end of the line because somebody who allegedly was holding and expressing these beliefs even online, you have to wonder, was he giving voice to them within the department? Did others know about this? So what's happening now inside the Springfield Police Department, not only to get to the bottom of this and how this could have gone on for so long, but to figure out, did anybody else know about it? Does anybody else share these attitudes in the department? Right. That's, uh, you know, Chief Scarlett, you know, he took immediate action. Uh, actually, when I got in that morning, uh, he was meeting with the union, telling them that uh, the disciplinary action he's taken and uh, one of those uh, courses securing the computer and doing a forensic uh, cleansing of it, so to speak, to find out, you know, was he sending emails, what type of messaging, things of that nature. So they were doing a deep dive into that already. And that internal investigation continues. The other thing is uh, with the state's attorney, Dan Wright, it's my understanding that they've, uh, they're have they going back through all the, uh, you know, any court cases, anything, arrests that he may have made, and doing a review of all of that information as well to make sure there's uh, no correlation to uh, what he put online and then uh, through his actions through the police force. The one thing I will say about the posts, they were all very disturbing, especially related to the Holocaust. Uh, But with regards to uh, the one thing he did put in there that I thought was interesting, he said, you know, I'm not, uh, I don't want my identity known because I know I'll be fired from this. And that tells you the culture that, you know, Chief Winslow and Chief Scarlett have, you know, built within the department. But, you know, we're not going to sit back on our laurel and say, hey, we're, you know, the perfect department. Uh, you know, he's reviewing things. How can you make things better? Learn from this and make sure it doesn't happen again. Yeah, there was some reference in some of these uh, posts to saying he was, you know, trying to play by the rules so nobody would catch on, nobody would figure out what was uh, what was going on there. Uh, I know some uh, state lawmakers and others have said there needs to be a full, thorough, and independent investigation of this. Do we need to bring somebody else in to look at what's happened here? Do you have confidence in the police department to police itself and make sure that again, uh, nobody else in the rank and file? or even further up the, the chain, uh, was aware of, of the, the beliefs this gentleman allegedly held. Yeah, that's uh, with regards to external investigation. I don't think it's necessary. What Really, when you look at it, uh, uh, people need to, you know, especially the state, you know, there's thing passed, everybody signed it. And uh, I've mentioned this at city council. Our work, we do this each and every day. It's not something that we're happy about. uh, But when a situation happens, what you need to do is uh, make sure you uh, hold people accountable. You accept the responsibility, and you get to the bottom of it. And that's what the police department's done time and time again. Um, So really, if you want to look at that... Look at what are the other departments. If you look at the city and the department in itself, it's what the uh, actions have proven. And uh, you know, you know, I put our. 
police department up against any department in the country. But when you see things happening in Chicago or other communities, way more severe. And then uh, that's what needs to be investigated. I mean, when you have that lash out, we were, you know, we're one of the top departments that didn't do uh, the chokeholds, things of that nature. So uh, that's due to the, you know, the men and women of our police department, but the leadership that provides that training. Uh, But, you know, it's not something that you can sit back and rest on your laurels. You need to always move for perfection. And that's what I, I said. I have my full faith and confidence in Chief Scarlett. Because he's uh, helped build the department, and we're moving forward and learning from this. Uh, but as far as an internal or investigation, they'll be able to do it. They understand the importance of it. There's a strong show of support of men and women in blue up at the council, probably over 100 of them, uh, You know, all uh, representing all areas of our police department. And that really shows the support of one another that nobody or everybody's denouncing what's happened. It's not really that long ago, maybe 25 years, that former Mayor Karen and Sarah said there is racism in the Springfield Police Department. And we know that a lot has changed since those days and a lot of effort to build those bridges that you've talked about. Uh, But an incident like this can undo a lot of that work. There's going to be a unity forum coming up this coming Wednesday at uh, at Southeast High School. Uh, What do you hope that will accomplish? Well, uh, appreciate, excuse me, appreciate Teresa Haley pulling the panel discussion together and uh, NAACP, they've always been good to uh, bring the community together in these challenging times. And this is one of those. So one was after Ferguson and uh, we appreciate uh, that leadership. But um, from that, you hope that, you know, people make their feelings known. That's what it's about. And uh, if it's a perception and it's not real, we need to change that perception. But if it's a reality like this is, we need to change that reality. So that's what we're uh, looking at. But uh, with regards to that, you do have a changing of the guards, so to speak. Uh, back 25 years ago, was uh, some time ago, all those officers pretty much have been retired since that point in time. And so, uh, you know, it's a new uh, police force coming in. And really, it's a generational thing. I look at the generation of this currently going on, our children, hopefully uh, they're the ones that can resolve the racial biases in our you know, in our society. You know, each generation, I believe it gets better and better. So you hope that's the case in this particular situation. And that may be one of the things we wind up talking about with Mayor Jim Langfelder, but we have a lot to discuss with the mayor here today. Mayor Langfelder with his monthly check-in, spending the full hour with us here on 92.7 WMAY. Mayor, want to get into, uh, you were at the uh, announcement earlier this week, finally some more details about an extensive uh, renovation of the old armory building downtown. Uh, at one point, kind of a, a central focus of life in Springfield, there were sporting events. There were concerts. Lots of things went on at the Armory. In recent years, it has just been an empty, hulking mess that's just kind of falling apart. $122 million now set aside to try to bring this back to life. How important do you think that'll be for downtown? I think it's uh Crucial, and I appreciate Governor Pritzker making that commitment. You know, before uh, he was already elected, he came and visited me in my office, uh, which is unusual. Probably the only time a ele- governor, elect or governor, went into the mayor's office is the capital city. So, uh, 
at proved uh, what he felt was important is to raise the level of the capital city, and he made that commitment, and this shows that commitment. But the 122 million, uh, there's a lot of asbestos in there. It has to be, you know, mitigated. But uh, they're going to, of course, readapt it to current standards. So, uh, you know, put central air in there and everything else. So it is an expensive process, but it is a historic uh, building. Holds a lot of memories. But the most important thing I believe uh, that he said was they're going to have 600 offices there. So it's going to make that commitment to having 600 employees downtown, which would be crucial for the uh, brick-and-mortar restaurants and uh, you know retail shops that we have. I, I don't want to be the, uh, the, the downer at the party, uh, but it's not like they're going to be adding 600 people to the state payroll. Those 600 employees are coming from other places and maybe coming from places where the state is currently leasing private office space, for example, or something. So is, this a, is there a potential downside to this? I mean, it's great to put those jobs back into downtown Springfield, but are we taking uh, lease money away from private developers and maybe making their properties less valuable? What's the, the, uh, the broader impact mm-hmm. of all that? Yeah, um, that remains to be seen. I don't know. You know, we're having the train go through the EPA building on the north end, so I'm not sure if some of those jobs will be relocated. And plus, uh, the state went through the same downsizing that uh, all governments have done. And so now's the time to reposition. Do you have adequate staffing? But it could be uh, the greater emphasis of having the capital city and maybe bringing more jobs back. Uh, it wasn't clear with regards to uh, the details of that portion. I know that the, the plans are to create that office space, and then what's going to be done to the gym and the auditorium space? How's that going to all blend in together? So uh, those details weren't worked out yet, but it could go both ways. But I think it's going to be a matter of moving some that probably be dislocated or maybe from the rail project, but the other part could be to expand potential ones of needed positions. That's one uh, potentially uh, big project with uh, state dollars. There may be others as well. I know you've been advocating to have some some uh, local projects included in the state budget. We're getting down to the, the waning hours of the legislative session here. So uh, what are, are you still pushing for, and what are you hearing about the uh, the prospects of actually securing those dollars for some of those big projects? Well, one of the things uh, through Illinois Municipal League was uh, to keep intact the local government distributive fund. Actually, we're asking to have a boost in that up to 8%. It used to be 10% of the income tax came to the cities. Uh, we're down to 6%, but we'd like some of that reimbursed back uh, to the 8% level. The other thing we're asked for was funding for the medical district. Uh, we're to, oh, there's Chicago has one, and we have one. Chicago's funded. We're not. So we asked for, I think, $2 million appropriation in the budget. The other thing, of I course, want to go back to the to the LGDF because I know another sure. part of that municipal league uh, proposal was also to uh, uh, give you some more cushion on police and fire pensions mm-hmm. to uh, reduce the uh, total amount of funding that's got to go in and to broaden out the the window to get to that threshold. What what are you hearing about the possibility that that's going to happen? Yeah, when the session started, I didn't think it had a chance, but everything's changed, and I think uh, there's a realization that something has to be done. And also, we're asking for is to uh, extend that. Uh, amortization out 10 years so it matches what state other state pensions are at to the year 2050 instead of 2040. For Springfield, even if it's not in the state statute, we would uh, keep our same pension payment going so it starts eating into the unfunded liability of the pensions. Okay. So uh, the other part was uh, the Y block. Everybody's favorite block is we've asked for, I think, uh, upwards of $4 million to uh, make it the activated space that you've seen in other cities uh, for music venues, activities, having a water feature, um, ice in the 
wintertime and moving that direction as well as amenities as far as restrooms, things of that nature on the Y block. And then also teen empowerment zone, really activating that space with the Chamberlain Park, Comer Cox Park, and uh, making it a space for activities uh, after school and, um, you know, as far as in the summertime, especially Chamberlain, making that a multi-purpose arena. You've uh, you've got a, a city lobbyist that's working on your behalf. You've got a former older woman who is a state senator now, who I, I know advocates uh, for the city's interest there. So as we're sitting here with uh, not quite 36 hours left in the scheduled session, uh, what, what's your best guess here about how much of that you're you're going to actually secure for the city? Well. Uh you know, our hopes are always high, you know, but uh, it definitely helps having Senator Turner there because she understands the city's needs, especially with the uh, teen empowerment zone. It's kind of a unique project uh, moving that direction, but it's an important one. But the medical community in the Y block. But the other thing, uh, Representative Sue Shear was able to move the Pillsbury TIF or the SHA TIF forward so that we did get our letters from the other taxing bodies, which we are thankful to the county, Capital Township, Sanitary District, make that happen. So uh, things are looking brighter towards the future. We continue on now as we talk to the mayor. Springfield Mayor Jim Langfelder checks in with us monthly. We get caught up on all the uh, big issues here in the community. Since the last time we gathered together, we had major developments as it pertains to the old Pillsbury Mill site, which is now in the possession of a nonprofit group called Moving Pillsbury Forward, and they are hoping to be able to uh, take the fact that they are a nonprofit to get an environmental study done, to eventually apply for grants and seek governmental help to ultimately demolish the abandoned factory, clean up the site, and uh, move toward future development. Mayor Jim Langfelder, you uh, mentioned just moments ago that uh, you're hoping to uh, get legislative approval for a TIF extension that not only would extend that Madison Park Place uh, SHA uh, TIF district, but also expand it to include the Pillsbury site and the area around that. Uh, what does that mean in terms of the city's ability to to play some role to financially help out this effort to ultimately get rid of the abandoned, dangerous old plant and try to turn that site into into something useful, productive, and, and revenue generating. Right. The um, actually, the city council took action to extend the boundary, so it already encompasses the Pillsbury area. Uh, what the legislature is voting on is that twelve additional years. So that has to be approved by the uh, legislature, which we believe it will happen since we have all the letters of support. Uh, but we pledge to uh, cover the costs associated with the. Environmental Phase 2 study, or at least uh, half of it, the SSGA, said they would uh, pay for part of it. So uh, we'll do that, and that's the next step to determine what the takes, uh, what the costs are to clean it up. And so once that's done, uh, there'll be some grants available or infrastructure funds available, possibly through the federal government that we would uh, apply for. And of course, um, you know, we'll have to see how those are scored. If there's a scoring process where you can leverage or takes leveraging of funds, we definitely take a look at that. Um, But, you know, it just depends. But it will take federal, state and local resources to really mitigate that site, clean it up and get it development ready.
How uh, how much money do you think the TIF could generate that could be used toward development of that site or of the surrounding area? Because you know, obviously, there's a bit of a stigma attached to that to that part of town right now. It's going to be a, a bit of a challenge to get people to want to invest in that. So, uh, can can the TIF money help to sort of grease the skids on that and maybe uh, generate more capital for development in that area? Yeah, what we're looking at is housing redevelopment. Uh, you know, because uh, uh, two things. One is Madison Park Place. That's where the TIF dollars have been generating right now. And then the extended boundaries will take those resources in as well. So allow those those houses are about 15 years of age, 20 years of age. And so that allows for them to do a home improvement uh, exterior, whether it's a roof or uh, some other type of amenity that they need to improve upon. So it really stabilizes that neighborhood. The other thing is we'll, we're looking at whole block restoration. But what I mean by that is if there's homes that we can purchase and have them refurbished, we'll do that, and then the same process assess the whole block. If there's a vacant property, can we do infill development on that? And then with homeowners on that block, you would offer them um, you know, the financial incentive to uh, fix up the exterior parts of their home. Is that Pillsbury site viable for redevelopment? You still got the the train yard right next to it. You do have uh, you know a lower income neighborhood there. How easy is it going to be to really do a meaningful uh, redevelopment and and get the kind of investment that could make a real difference over there? Well, that's uh, the cleanups major, but the, having the rail tie into that area is an attractive uh, asset. We do have uh, some developers. That that are looking at it as is, but they want it cleaned up first, of course. So uh, that's the first point of interest. But it, you know, worst case scenario, you could uh, you know you can just uh, clean it up, turn it into a solar farm or what have you. But there's options there. But you have to uh, really clean it up first and then see what the options are. But we have had individuals looking for that type of space, especially with the rail tie-in that does uh, make it attractive for some type of development. So would you see that as more likely to be uh, an, an industrial? use, logistics, things like that, as opposed to trying to develop that area for retail and residential? That's why I view it as more light industrial, keeping it uh, along that vein. I think that's the easier lift. I think the harder lift would be uh, more of a uh, retail type development. Let's talk about a few other issues here. Uh, your administration has come out with a revised ordinance as it pertains to uh, solicitation of funds at those very busy intersections. And, and the way you've approached this, because there's been ongoing concerns mm-hmm. about the First Amendment, is that rather than even making it about solicitation, it just says it would now be illegal to approach a car in a roadway for any reason unless you're getting a ride. Somebody's picking you up or you got an Uber mm-hmm. or something. Uh, but otherwise, you can't uh, at an intersection or out in a, a median at one of those uh, you know busy shopping areas, uh, approach a car for, for any reason, uh, do you feel like that can pass constitutional muster and really address the problem? Oh, without a doubt. You know, it's all been more about safety. You know, we had the gentleman tragically get hit by a car on MacArthur, uh, jumped out in traffic. And, you know, we don't want people in the medians. You don't want them close to the intersections, uh, especially for drivers. Uh, you know, it's just uh, it obstructs their view. Uh, so that's what the whole purpose of the uh, ordinance is, is to make sure people stay out of those right ways and keep them safe. Last night, you uh, delivered your State of the the Downtown uh, remarks. Uh, We don't have time for the full speech right now, so give us the the, the quick summary of it. Uh, What is your view of the State of Downtown? Well, it's, uh, the state of a downtown is really uh, uh, stable at this point and really uh, uh, 
evolving to better things to come. We mentioned the armory, what's happened. Uh, you know, I touched on the Capitol Complex, $200 million, the armory, $100 million, and then, of course, the 4th Street corridor being turned into two-way streets, but that connects up to the medical district with the $30 million YMCA and Enos Park. And then, uh, you know, the development of the Y Block are all crucial pieces, but uh, you look at the hub that's on the other side of the uh, spectrum with downtown, and you really have the bookends being developed and uh, and then on all sides even on the uh, north end of it so really the future's bright and uh, you know what's of interest right now is upper story upper story housing and that's what we're taking a look at is how can we with the escalating pricing how can the city play a part in making sure uh, we make that as uh, meaningful as possible you know you want to of course safe decent housing but how do you uh, make that happen with these individuals that want to develop that housing and uh, so it's more practical because that will be the driving force for downtown and how it's kind of changed from um, you know a commercial space retail space where you'd have the retail Retail uh, combined with the housing, in addition to the commercial that's there. With uh, all of those things seeming now to, to start pointing in the right direction again, it brings us back to a question we've asked you almost monthly for a couple of years now during the pandemic, and that's the, the metered parking downtown, which is still free as of the moment, and it's been sort of in recent months, uh, kind of a month-to-month assessment of it. So, uh, what are you thinking now about uh, when or if we're returning to paid metered parking downtown? Yeah, that's uh, well. It's still free right now, and so well, well. I shouldn't say if you park there, you have to move your car. You know, you have that two-hour time limit. So we do have meter uh, attendants going around and still assessing that, so we can move traffic. That's what it's all about. So we'll continue to assess it, but it's you know, uh, there's still ample parking downtown. So the meters, uh, you know, we want to do a pilot project, but in order to put that in place, it's still still if we are able to say, okay, we're going to do this project right now, it's still several months out, so it's going to be several months before we uh, start charging for parking again. Uh, the the downtown ramp, 4th and Washington, that's going to come down? It's starting to come down uh, this week. They started doing the work on it. Okay. And it's just not the ramp, but also the station house. Um, you know, they sold that business to Click across, I think it's across the way, or down the another block. Uh, so uh, that whole block will be cleared. And then, you know, UIS, uh, we talked off air about the Innovation Center. Uh, you know, they're looking... Um, a potential site downtown. It's, uh, I believe, uh, one of those is along the 4th Street corridor. So 4th Street is really going to be a transformational spot on many different areas, uh, the ramp including that. And, uh, you know, it brings a lot of uh, uh, excitement to that area. It's going to coincide, too, with uh, changing uh, some of the one-way streets downtown to two-way streets. Where mm-hmm. are we in that process? Well, that's going to start uh, this year, uh, this summer, with regards to 4th Street changing that right now. So uh, we're looking forward to it. And then the other part of it is Centrax. Uh, that's why it was uh, really the timing was uh, well or was appropriate because we are changing out the traffic lights in downtown and it'll be uh, hooked up to a Centrax system where they can now synchronize the lights through the desktop computer. Synchronized stoplights in downtown. <laughs> can you believe that? We've only been we talking will... <laughs> about that for literally as long as I've been on the air, which is literally decades, Mayor. So right. uh, that's I, what my understanding I, can, is. Can can I get you to you know put something in writing on that? Yeah, so we'll, the stoplights will we'll, actually be synchronized. Yeah, we'll bring Nate Bottom in here and we'll have him explain it. Well, but, but yeah, that's that's the intent. But it is very expensive to change out the lights and uh, to make that happen. I was shocked how it's like two hundred fifty thousand intersections. So. 
it's an expensive process, but this will be the first phase of that, the, where you can do the blinking lights and, you know, like yeah. you see in other towns. The, the trick with that is is that one person's synchronized stoplight is another person's red light when they're on the cross street. <laughs> if I, You know, if I'm traveling down 4th Street and I'm hitting green after green after green, that's great. But if I'm on Adams or I'm on Washington mm-hmm. and I have to stop for all that traffic, it doesn't seem all that synchronized to me. So, uh, you know, can, can you explain? Timing's effort, everything, right? So but, uh, how do we define, quote, synchronized? Yeah, that's, uh, well, that's like you said. You know, it's it, it's a timing when you're set to go, you can go through a period of intersections without being stopped one after the other. A perfect one I've run into recently was on 9th Street, you know, coming into downtown where the old Nelch factory it was. It's You go through one and it hits the green and then the next one's red and then it's just maddening. Yeah. And that's what the synchronized would be where you wouldn't have that experience. All right. Last couple of minutes with Springfield Mayor Jim Langfelder, and uh, we'll do just a couple of quick things in the lightning round here, Mayor. Great. Uh, last time we talked, you had indicated that a study was about to commence related to uh, how the fire department provides EMS services and whether we should have uh, more of a role for private ambulance services. That was a task force that's being put together that was supposed to convene starting in April. It's April, so give us an update. Yeah, actually, it's to review the consultant report. That was the whole purpose. So uh, we haven't pulled that together as of yet. Our time's been consumed by the relocation of the fire stations. Actually, we have a open house discussion next sa- or Wednesday, same time as the uh, police uh, forum. But that's uh, out at LRS uh, from 5 to 7 on next Wednesday. But with regards to that, we're going to look at the whole uh, report, which would be include the EMS. So by next uh, May, when we do this again, uh, we'll have a better update. But right now, we've uh, identified the individuals uh, uh, that would participate on that. You know, some would be within the union, within the administration, and work towards that. All right. And uh, finally, uh, just real briefly, at the uh, meeting this past Tuesday, someone came and uh, addressed the council about ongoing concerns related to animal control. I know this is something the city has been watching very carefully uh, as you contract with the county for animal control services there. Uh, And this has been in the news quite a bit. Uh, Do you have concerns about the quality of services the city's getting in terms of animal control and uh, what, if anything, can be done? Well, everything can be improved, and that's what uh, the person had said when she came up. And so uh, she said, asked that we put together an advisory group, and that's what we will be doing and uh, seeing how we can help in that process, making sure that uh, voices are being heard and they're being uh, attended to. Mayor, we're out of time. Thanks so much for well, your thank time. You. We'll do it again soon. And I like the Ukraine flag on I your appreciate lapel, it. too, by the thank way. Thank you. So,